Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. I'm Kristen Charles alongside Mike Lester, the founder of Talon Wealth, wishing you and yours a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. It's turkey time. You know, the happiest way to be is by giving and sharing with others. I think it's age specific. I have young children at home and I could say that they enjoy receiving <laughs> more than giving. Valid. <laughs> I mean, so, we're talking like what six to twenty-one, so not quite twenty-one. Maybe up to we're the twenty-year twenty-year-olds uh, more on the on the giving side. The six-year-old is, and certainly the ten-year-old, definitely more on the on the receiving side. If That's I said natural. to, let's let's just say to let's stick with the six-year-old Finn. If I said, <laughs> hey, I want you to pick out your favorite toy, and then we're going to wrap it, and then you're going to give it to someone else. I think he would look at me sideways like I was crazy. <laughs> And I could say to him, but you're going to feel so much better about giving and everything else. And then uh, probably not, right? But then later in life, we start to feel a little odd about receiving things from people, and it feels nicer to give. That's right. And we all were that little six-year-old kid like, "Uh uh-uh, that's mine. (laughs) Yes. It's natural. The thing is that now we have – it changes when we get older, and, and he'll get there. No doubt about that. I'm excited to see what Finn is thinking about the holidays. I'm sure. Well, actually, you know what? I'd like to see if we could get him on mic and maybe talk to us in a few weeks about <laughs> what he's wanting from Santa. What do you think about we'll Christmas? We'll try. I probably need to, if I put some headphones on a mic in front of him, he's going to clam up. So I'll, I'll try to capture. I'll set it up for you and you guys can just walk in and have a conversation. How about that? We'll, we'll try to do a conversation. Yeah, covert. Yeah, so it'd be a covert. We'll see what he wants. Honestly, I'm a little afraid of what he might say if we do that. <laughs> well, we'll record it. That way you can edit it out. <laughs> okay, yeah. But we do have a day of thankfulness soon approaching and asked a few people what they look forward to for Thanksgiving. My entire family gets together at one place and just has a feast. My sister and her husband come from Houston and my grandmother comes over and we all cook dinner together. We have turkey, we have beets, we have mashed potatoes, we have so much. Green bean casserole. We usually do ham at Thanksgiving too, so I think that's my favorite. Pumpkin spice and everything nice. Sweet potatoes, cranberries. My Mimi's mashed potatoes. Did you hear the one girl say beets? I actually wrote that down. I guess it's a thing. Teach his own. You know, there's a lot of family traditions out there, so nothing against anybody who just yeah. eats a lot of beets at Christmas, but it's not my uh, not my thing. What are yeah. some Lester traditions for the holidays? Uh, let's see. Squash casserole is a big one. Oh, I make a good one. Uh, and, yeah, and that's, that's kind of a southern thing. Uh, squash casserole is huge. That'll show up every time. Oftentimes, broccoli casserole. So lots of casseroles at the... Lester slash uh, the other side of the family is Marshall. So Lester, Marshall, Thanksgiving. Things like collards, turkey, ham, sweet potato. Ca- I, I keep saying casseroles. Casserole. <laughs> casserole is a, I don't think of it as a recurring theme. Lots of casseroles. Yes. Very Southern and very good. Mm-hmm. Well, have you listening saved a place for inflation at the Thanksgiving dinner table? Yeah, it's kind of like the Cousin Eddie now. According to Yahoo Finance, you really need to save a spot. The turkey is expected to be 23% more than this exact time last year. Now, that's according to the USDA, of course. For a frozen whole hen, customers can expect to spend $1.64 per pound. Now, that's for an 8 to 16 pound hen. A report from Wells Fargo says the big holiday dinner is going to cost an average of 15% more compared to last year. And with key ingredients more expensive than ever, some Americans are even getting out their calculators, doing some math to see if they could save money and time by dining out instead. 
Sadly, I even saw a social media post about people considering ordering pizza for Thanksgiving dinner well, because of inflation. It wouldn't be the first time, but the pizza's going to be inflated. But I'm getting deja vu. We had this conversation last year about mm-hmm. how much more turkeys are going to cost. And now we're talking about them costing, I forget what you said, maybe 15, 15% or 23. More, more than last year, yeah. which means it's just it keeps going. Yeah, this is, um, this is why things are so crazy. Oh. And we're sitting here wondering what's going to happen. And this is, again, why... We keep saying on the radio program, don't fight the Fed. I mean, the Fed is looking at these numbers going, we have to get inflation down. And I don't know, how, I'm sure our listeners are out there traveling. I don't know about you, Kristen. I know that, that people are sort of cutting back in their personal economy, but they're still out spending money. They're still out buying gas, even though it's higher. We've got things like them telling us that the, the diesel supply is going to run out within a certain amount of time. Uh-huh. I mean, that's scary. Uh-huh. How do we slow this economy down so that these things aren't a problem? And it looks like it's probably going to be the Fed, and, and we're afraid of that. And so they haven't given any indication that they're going to slow down, even though the market seems to keep hoping that they are. And now that we're post-midterm, our concern is, well, if you take the politics out of it, And now the Fed could actually maybe be more aggressive, possibly, because there's not a political element to it, at least for a while. I mean, there is in the short term, but in the long term, we're pretty tepid right now. Uh We're we're worried about markets. We we still think markets are assuming that the economy is going to do better, I think, than it's likely to do. I'm not comfortable saying I think we're going to have a soft landing yet. I'm still worried about this so-called soft landing, which would imply that hey, things are going to be okay and things aren't going to get that bad. The Fed is saying the exact opposite. They're saying, hey, this is going to hurt. And yes, it's going to get bad. And yes, people are going to have to spend less. We have politicians on TV saying, hey, so what if gas costs more, food costs more, just eat Chef Boyardee? I mean, it's sort of this conditioning to, to where we're supposed to be in acceptance, acceptance yeah. of things being bad, like it, like it's, oh, hey, no big deal. Just totally normal, nothing to yeah, see here. Totally normal, nothing you to see here. remember, was it Naked It's all very gun? concerning. Leslie Nielsen, yeah. where everything's blowing up behind him. He's like, it was, it nothing was, to uh, see here, guys. He goes, uh, actually, he says, please disperse. Oh, yes, nothing to yes. See here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That is what yeah. they're telling us. Yeah, please disperse. Don't, no, no, don't look here, look over here. That's concerning. Now, going back to what we do for a living, Kristen, there's so much noise on either side. And all you have to do is turn on the TV. And their job is to sell advertising. So thank goodness we don't have a current natural disaster for them to run 24-7 on the news cycle. So here lately, uh, it's been all political. And then so now that the midterms are over, they're going to have to switch to something else. But it's either politics or natural disasters or whatever it takes to, to sell advertising. And right now it's, hey, you should be very, very afraid for all of these things. So what we're doing for clients is we're sitting down and we're just looking at facts. Let's look at probabilities. Let's understand who our clients are. We don't have a crystal ball, but right now... I I don't know why I would be encouraged about where the market's going to be in six months. I don't know why the economy is going to be better in six months. I don't know why the market's going to be better in six months. All I see is potential bad news coming down the pipeline. So if I'm sitting on my investments, you know, whether that's an IRA or a 401k or a 403b or a trust account, whatever your nest egg is, if I'm sitting there hanging in there, I would want to take a close look at it and just find out, hey, should I be doing something differently? And that's really what our second opinion, our financial analysis, our comprehensive financial plan, that's what it's all about. You know, we're talking about Thanksgiving. It's obviously a national holiday celebrating the harvest and other blessings of the past year. And there are so many that we have to be thankful for. 
But there's also nothing more American than good old-fashioned taxes. And the Fed raising rates isn't just hard on home buyers and those with credit card debt. Uncle Sam is feeling the squeeze of higher borrowing costs, too. In fact, the U.S. Treasury Department recently said that during the fiscal year 2022 alone, the federal government made $475 billion in net interest payments. That's just interest payments. I mean, with the national debt already over $31 trillion, Mike Washington will likely want more money out of Americans' pockets. So it's no wonder that many of us are growing more concerned about taxes draining too much out of our retirement accounts moving forward. Well, of course. And so we're feeling it and the Fed is feeling it. Christian, that just compounds what we're talking about. The Fed has a vested interest in getting rates lower Mm -hmm. uh, because not only is it affecting Americans and not only is it just bad long term, it's bad for the, the national debt. And so they have to pay as interest rates are going higher and higher, their interest payments on the national debt are going higher and higher. And then how are they going to pay that? Well, it's by raising taxes. Who are they going to raise taxes on? It's it's not just the wealthy, right? There aren't right. enough wealthy people to do it. They're going to raise it on everyone. So all of this is just a snowball effect. And, okay, higher inflation, higher interest rates to bring inflation down. How long is that going to last before they can lower interest rates again, right? So they have to get that fixed. And then how are they going to pay for it? Raising taxes on Americans. And, and, and it just keeps snowballing into a bigger and bigger problem, which is why they need a resolution sooner than later, because the longer it goes on, the bigger the problem. And this is why we're, we're afraid of what the Fed's going to do. I think the economy itself is likely to have pretty good numbers, and, and it'll start to slow down. But that's intentional. And so if we're looking at the economy having good numbers, it seems like, well, gee whiz, if the economy's doing well, or if uh, this company reported this much in profits, or whether, shouldn't the stock market go up? Not necessarily. A lot of times what you'll find is if good economic results are, are going on, that's bad for the stock market because the stock market starts wondering, well, gee whiz, if things are good and it's still growing too fast, what is the Fed going to do about that? So you really need to understand where you're at. Because if your anticipation is, if numbers are good in the economy and my portfolio is going to go up, you might be on the wrong side of this because we're literally fighting the Fed. And I don't think we're going to get enough relief from the Fed until inflation starts coming down. And they haven't effectively done that yet. In fact, they still have this aggressive stance. That's the signals we're getting. So how does all of this affect you? Catch us anytime if you'd like to interact or schedule that comprehensive financial plan at guardingyournestegg.com. You know, it's been a rough year, not just for people in California dealing with politics, but a rough year for all of us with bear markets, rate hikes, inflation. So I did a little research and thought I'd share some quick tips that could possibly save our listeners a little money on their grocery budget, because we always talk about getting the best value, Right. Fruits and vegetables, you know, they're so important for a healthy diet. Also very costly because they're perishable. We all know to keep bananas at room temperature and out of sunlight. And if you didn't know that, hello. But did you know that bananas need to stay away from other produce because they put off some sort of ethylene gas that can cause other produce to ripen faster? <laughs> some sort of ethylene gas, as, as opposed to other forms of ethylene gas. Is there That's other right. forms? Yeah. I'm not a biochemist. Just, I have no idea. It's just, it's just ethylene gas. This yeah. is me okay. and Google figuring this out. So you clear that up Okay. For me. <laughs> All right. Well, I can clear it up. So it makes things ripen for those of you who don't know. I'm sure lots, lots of everything. The apples do it. Strawberries do it. It's a, but yeah, bananas, ethylene gas, they ripen up. So it's, it's the reason if you put an avocado in a 
paper sack. It ripens faster. Ah, right? Good tip. Love that. Okay. There you go. Okay. Storing carrots and celery in water, not just in the bag or bare, it helps them last longer. Good snacks for everybody. Just have them in some water. Broccoli can last longer if it's stored in a jar with water similar to a bouquet of flowers. When That's I was a, a kid, I've got one. Apparently, onions last longer if you drop them in pantyhose, do a knot, drop another one in pantyhose, do a knot, and you hang them from places. Did, did your My parents do that My grandparents did that. Grandparents did that. I wondered <laughs> I why. And then you go and you just cut one off. But apparently, onions store really well stacked up in a pantyhose. But I don't even know if people do pantyhose anymore. So I can <laughs> not remember that. Often, but what, an odd, what an odd thing. You walk to the pantry and there's just onions in pantyhose. <laughs> going to run to the grocery store and buy some pantyhose. Not to wear. No, these are for my onions. <laughs> I don't think I remember they sold them in those eggs. Like yes, I remember that those egg thing. All right, well, last one. My the dad past. used to put them in my mom's stocking at Christmas, and I was like, "Why? Well, <laughs> she needs them, I guess." Back then, finally, uh, berries and apples, fruit like that, don't wash them before putting them in the fridge because they're going to perish faster. But obviously, do wash them before eating. So, trying to make things last a little longer in this expensive time, and it makes me wonder. I mean, you and Katie are, are raising four kids. Have you guys found ways to waste less and save a few bucks? Well, for us, it's probably not working out well. So our way Uh-oh. to waste less would be to buy less at the store. But then with the price of gas, we're probably mm. spending more driving back and forth. You know, So sort of buy what you can eat and not get too much. I mean, if you buy a giant sack of apples or potatoes, you don't eat them fast enough. Right. So that's probably... Buying in bulk is more more complicated, but yeah. It is, and it would be nice if there were a way to slice up all the apples so the kids could just go in and grab them as a snack so they don't go to waste, but then you need to sprinkle the lemon on them so they don't turn brown. It's a whole thing. But we all want to make sure that our money doesn't go to waste. I mean, that is a lot of Americans' mindset, especially right now, and honestly, the most wealthy people out there. That's their mindset. That's how they became that way. It's all about value at the end of the day. And it reminds me of what you and the team of fiduciaries at Talon Wealth do, Mike. I mean, you talk about value all the time. What should we watch out for with our investment accounts to make sure we're getting the best value and bang for our buck? The thing that stands out the most for me is people that are invested, they're being charged for financial services, but they're not getting service, hmm. right? So I think service is very, very important. And so it's relative, but we meet people week after week and maybe they're coming in for a second opinion or maybe they've never worked with a financial advisor or whatever it is. But I, I'd say that there are a lot of people out there working with advisors right now and, and that advisor maybe never calls them. Maybe there's no active management of the portfolio. Maybe there's no communication via email. There's no guidance and, and people are being charged. And then maybe the, the, the client is calling and saying, hey, listen, uh, I'm losing money or I'm worried or there's volatility. What are we going to do about it? And the advice is just hang in there. And, and to me, that's just, uh, it's not acceptable. I'm not saying that, you know, from time to time, somebody might, you know, give us a call and I'm not available right that very second. And it might take me a little time, you know, maybe it takes, I have to call them back at the end of the day. You know, that can happen, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't call them back. It doesn't mean we should just tell them to hang in there every time. And that there's a lot of that going on. There's also a lot of people that have just kind of buried their head in the sand on their investments because they're down. They have this feeling that, well, right now I know I'm losing money, so I'm just going to wait until the market gets back. And then I'm going to take a look at my portfolio and consider making changes because in their mind, it's almost like they have to accept that they've lost. So if they make any sort of a change, they have to accept a loss and then they want to move forward after 
not losing. And, and nobody likes that feeling. But when it comes to investing, that's, that's really not what it is. The investments, if you're down in your portfolio, the reason you're down could be for reasons that aren't going to recover when the economy recovers, right? So the economy could recover for different reasons than it went down. And you could be down perpetually in your investments. There may be investments out there that are likely to recover faster than the investments that went down in your account. There's just a lot to look at. So I don't want anybody who's listening, first of all, to settle for hang in there. Certainly if you're paying a fee for somebody to tell you to hang in there. Second, I don't want anybody to settle for I'm just going to wait for it to get back to where I was even before I make changes because mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel good to do that because you could be waiting a very long time. But and people and markets are paralyzed like by that, Mike. They are paralyzed by it, but you have to realize that when the economy gets really bad or certain sectors of the economy get really bad, it creates opportunities. And, and if you can have somebody coach you on how to take advantage of those opportunities, you'll do better. Hanging in there and waiting for it to get better just, just doesn't necessarily work. And Kristen, this is literally what many advisors are taught to tell clients because their firm, I don't know if it's infrastructure or just planning or maybe it's just their business model, they're just pre-programmed to tell people, well, hey, when things are good, hey, great, thumbs up. When things are bad, hang in there, eventually get better. I, I think markets have changed too much. Uh, the way people invest has changed too much. This isn't the 1990s or the early 2000s where we just buy mutual funds and accept a diversification approach that's hang in there. I mean, We've got iPhones, we've got computers that trade, we've got, it's, it's very, very different. And so moving forward, we want to be able to adapt, overcome, and I think active management is the key moving forward. So don't settle for a lack of active management. Don't settle for hang in there. If you're over 59 and a half, don't just settle for limited investment options in your retirement plan at work because there's a really good chance that you could work with an active money manager or a fiduciary, and hopefully you could, and then if you can, get active management, but then also your, your world of investment options opens way up, right? Within a retirement plan at work, you just get to check a box, right? There's a basket of options. Usually they're mutual funds or ETFs. Very hard to make money there when markets are going down. So you know, as we wrap up today's program, there's just a lot out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm very frustrated by, I think, the lack of knowledge that your average investor has or your, your average person at work has. And the lack of knowledge isn't their fault. It's because of what people are telling them. And mm. our goal on the show is just to help people be more educated and make informed decisions. This is, this, is, this, is, this is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828.